Coming to yeshiva, immersing oneself in learning full time, brings with it lots of advantages. One of the advantages that we would hope for is that outside of yeshiva, it's possible to learn Torah. There's lots of Torah in the world, lots of Torah available and accessible. But when we learn in a fragmented way, a little here, a little there, we can pick up fragments of Torah. When we learn totally immersed, so then it becomes more possible to see a bigger picture spend time and see not only the fragments, the pieces, but also how they fit together. And when things begin to fit together and see patterns, bigger picture, so then our understanding is greater, our appreciation is greater, our sense of being connected to the Chochmah of Torah is greater. We're able to access not only the Chochmah, which is the individual pieces of knowledge, because I'll tell us Chochmah is what one learns, the information one learns from his Rebbe, but move towards a whole, more holistic appreciation, which we can call Das, a sense of being fully, fully connected to that which we're learning. I hope to discuss some inyanim of Hanukkah in a way which hopefully will bring things together and show how really what's happening in Hanukkah, what happens in Hanukkah, what happened in the history back by Yomim Hohem, and what happens today in our lives, Bezman Hazeh, is connected part of a much bigger picture of how the world is run and the forces which are at work in the world. We'll start with the question and the answer which is brought by the Bach, the commentary on the tour Hilchas Hanukkah. And the Bach talks about the halacha as we know that Hanukkah is essentially not a time for parties, for Suda and Mishta. Whatever parties we have, whatever Mesibas we have on Hanukkah are secondary. As opposed to Purim, Purim, the main thrust of our celebration is physical. Mishta v'simcha, but on Hanukkah it's not like that. He says, why not? And he tells us a very, very important fundamental about Purim and about Hanukkah. So he says, Purim, of course, the Gzera of Achashverosh, the Gzera of Homon, came about because the Jewish people sinned in a physical way. They had Hanoah, they took pleasure from that Su'uda that great party that Achashverosh threw, 
And contrary to the instructions and the advice of Mordechai, the Jewish people took part. And that was a sin in the physical sense. So the gzeira against them was a gzeira in the physical sense. Lahashmi, The salvation took place through the tshuva of fasting, where they went to the opposite extreme and recognized that they had succumbed to their desire for physical pleasures. So by denying themselves the physical pleasures, they did tshuva, and therefore the victory, the salvation of Purim is celebrated in a physical way because that was the ikar of the nes. Hanukkah, on the other hand, says the Bach, Iker hagzeira hoisa al shehisrashlu ba'avoda. The gzeira, there was no gzeira without sin. If there was a gzeira, if there was a decree of the Greeks against the Jewish people, there had to be a reason for it. Something had to provoke this. So it's hisrashlu ba'avoda. They were weak, they were negligent in some sense in the fulfillment of the Avodas Hashem. The Alkane, and therefore, Mida Keneged Mida, Hoiso Akzeira Levato Mehemo Avoda. So the Gzeira was, well, if you are not strong enough, not committed enough to do the Avoda in the way that it's supposed to be done, so then the gzera will be that you will not be able to do the avoda. We're going to take the avoda away from you. Kiritanya bebraisa, and it says that they had a decree specifically against the menorah, understanding that the menorah was essential to the kiyum, to the fulfillment of, of Hashem's will, and to the pres- preservation of, of the Jewish people. So what did they do? Ukeshechozru b'tshuva, so what was the chazorah, what was the return, what was the tshuva for that sin? Limsor nafshom al avoda. So they did the opposite. Instead of being mitrashel, of being weakened, negligent, somehow deficient in the avoda, they were moser nefesh. al avoda. And so therefore, Hashem saved them through the kohanim who did the avoda, and the menorah became the symbol, that menorah which became the symbol of the, of the salvation. So I'd like to discuss a couple of things that have to do with this Bach. What was the nature of this Hisrashlus, this being mitrashel? And why was the issue focused on the menorah dafka? The tsaros, the decrees of the Golos of Yavon, which came about through this Hisrashlus as a Mida Kenege Mida. Swarim say that it's not that the Jewish people at the time didn't do the Avoda. They did the Avoda. They sacrificed, they brought the sacrifices. The Avoda Sakoanim was done. But it was done in a way which was an external kiyum of the mitzvah. They did their avodas Hashem, what we would call with chitzoniyut, outwardly. But there was not an expression of an inner connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
They lost that. And so therefore the avoda was done in a way which did not express what Hashem really wants from us. Hashem really wants from us the pnimius. He wants from us that connection with Him. The avoda is how we express that. But if we only have the shell without the inner core, so then we've lost the essence. And this was a result of the fact that Yavon, that the Greeks, were predominant in the world. So even before they actually made decrees against the Jewish people, but there was this force in the world, this Hellenizing force, which was spreading all over the civilized world, which was bringing a certain approach to life, which was the approach of externals, of Yofi, of beauty. And this was something which affected even the Jewish people. And so therefore, they lost an inner connection. This is what happened in the time of the Nase of Hanukkah, a little over 2,000 years ago. But these things have antecedents. This wasn't the beginning of this battle between two opposing forces, between two opposing approaches to how one should live their lives and how, what the world is all about. So what are the antecedents of this, we could call it titanic struggle between the forces of light and the forces of darkness? Because as we know, Chazal referred to Greece, Yavon, is Choshech. These are forces of darkness. How did the Greeks become forces of darkness? What does it express itself? Greeks are wise, they have wisdom, they have Chochmah. God created the world in six days. Basorim Amoros. There were ten expressions of Hashem's will through which the world came about. Each one manifested a new degree of Hashem's Chochmah. Hashem's wisdom was brought into the world on the first day of creation, the second day of creation, the third day. More and more creation, more and more wisdom. But, as we know, the world, the word olam, related to the word helem, to hide, every time God created something more, and there was a greater perfection of the wisdom, a greater manifestation of the wisdom, there was a counter-effect as well. Because the more there was, the more God's presence in the world was hidden. There was a hiddenness. There's so much going on. So where is it all coming from? The source becomes dulled, becomes hidden. We don't know exactly where everything is coming from. When we see lots of things going on, Implicitly, this serves to deny the idea of purpose and direction. There's lots of things happening. 
And if we analyze each thing by itself, oh, it's so smart and so wise, there's so much chachma, but we don't know how it relates to and where it comes from. And we forget the bigger picture. So why did God do this? Why did he create so much to hide himself? There was a plan. Man, to be created at the end of all of creation, on the sixth day, is meant to be able to show, to demonstrate through his efforts, that in all of this multitude, this pluralism, this plurality of creation, there is a unity. To show, to bring back everything to the source, that there is, yes, there's lots of things there, but everything is connected and everything is an expression of a divine will. And this we have to find. This is our job in the world. To go back and to see how everything fits together. To utilize the das of bringing things together in order to make sense out of all of the chachma. That the chachma is not just random. The chachma is not just a plurality of different things which are not interconnected in some very deep way, but to show us what the unity is. And only a being endowed with Selim Elohim could accomplish this. This endowment is the Das. So what went wrong? Why didn't the plan work exactly according to plan? Because Adam HaRishon ate the fruit of the wrong tree. He ate from a tree of Das, but it wasn't the Das that Hashem wanted him to have. It was a different Das. A Das which connected him with the externals, and those externals replaced the inner core, the inner essence of what the world is all about. What does it say about that tree? It was something which was pleasant to look at. It made, it brought the desire to focus on the externals. And this is where Adam Arishan went wrong. And this prevented God's plan from coming into fruition at the time that it was supposed to come. It was supposed to happen that I could, that. Adam was created on the sixth day of creation on Friday, and if he would have been able to keep the mitzvah that he was given and he was only given one mitzvah so then he would have entered into Shabbos and that would have been the end of the ultimate redemption there would have been no world history as we know it everything would have been returned to the creator but it didn't happen that way ten generations later we have an interesting story in the Chumash and Parshas Noach. It says in Parshas Noach, after the flood, what did Noach do? He planted a vineyard. And what did he do after he planted the vineyard? He drank the wine. And he got drunk. And he was revealed. He was uncovered. His nakedness was there for all to see. It was an embarrassment, a bizayon, for the human being. 
So Cham, who was the least spiritual of the three sons of Noah, came and told his brothers about the degradation of their father. So shame and Yefes, who had some kind of an idea of what to do, they took the garment, and they put it on their shoulders, and they walked backwards so they wouldn't have to gaze at the degradation of their father. And they covered his nakedness. And they didn't see it. Says Rashi, why does it say Vayikach Shein Vayefes in the singular? He took. Why didn't it say Vayikhu? Says Rashi, Enksi Vayikhu Elo Vayikach. Because shame was Nithamets B'mitzvah Yoser Miyefes. Shame did it right. Yefes, he was also did it. But he didn't put himself, he didn't do the effort that shame did. Therefore, shame, zochu bonov letalis shel What was the reward for using a garment to honor his father? We were to the great mitzvah of tzitzis, to cover our bodies in a way which connects us with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yefes, likvura. Zephes was Zoche to get buried when the Muhammad of Gog and Magog will be, when those are the descendants of Yefes, and there will be lots of bodies strewn around Eretz Israel, they'll be buried. So the Swarm tell us that we see from the reward that Shem and Yefes each received, we see what the difference was in how they performed the mitzvah. Yefes was zochet to kvura, burial. What is burial? Burial is a physical thing. It's a it covers the body. That's what Yefes was involved with. He was involved with just covering the externals of his father Noach. Shame was zochet to a much greater reward, infinitely greater reward. He was zochet to be connected with HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the mitzvah of tzitzis, and the mitzvah of tzitzis is shkula keneged kol kula keneged taryag mitzvahs. There's a tremendous way of being connected with HaKadosh Baruch Hu because shame was involved with the tzelem elokim of Noach. He just wasn't concerned that it's externally unpleasant and unattractive for his father to be laying around in the state that he was but he was concerned more about the Pneumius of Noach. And because he was worried about the Pneumius of Noach, so therefore he got a mitzvah, which was the Pneumius. And therefore, the moral superiority of shame over Yephus was determined by Noach when he gave his blessings. And he said, Yephus is from the lotion of beauty, that beauty is secondary to the tense of Shem. When the, when the tense of Torah will be in their full glory, and then we will need to adorn those tents of Torah with beautiful paintings and decorations, that's where Yefes can come in, as an accessory, and as an auxiliary to 
the true essence of what it is, of what should be, and that is the essence of shame. Of course, one of Yephes' descendants, as it tells us in Parshish Noach, a few Pesukim later, his name was Yovon. Yovon is a descendant of Yephes. And of course, in Israel, we are descendants of shame. And so, the battle between Yovon and Yisrael has its antecedents in that difference between the way shame performed the mitzvah and the way Yefes performed the mitzvah. We know that the Greeks made three decrees against the kiyom of the Torah. The three mitzvahs, Mila, Shabbos, and Chodesh. What's so special about these particular mitzvahs which expressed the Yavon type, the Yefes type of approach to the world as opposed to the Pneumius approach to the world. Mila. We believe of the internal perfection of the human being. Yavon saw Mila as debasing the body, as taking away from the beauty of the human being. The physical perfection is being destroyed through the midst of Mila. But we say no. Because Mila enables the Neshama to come through. In Mila, when we remove the Orla from the person, from the Jewish baby, so then his neshama becomes real and part of him. Shabbos. Shabbos is an interesting thing. Shabbos has no correlation in the natural world. There are no seven-day cycles in the natural world. There's 30-day cycles. There's 365-day cycles. Seven days. It's an internal thing. It comes from knowing that God created the world in seven days, six days, and he rested on the seventh day. But the Greeks denied anything that didn't have any correspondence in the physical world. Chodesh, the waxing and waning of Hashem's presence in the world, because the moon represents the spirituality of the world. The more we do the mitzvahs, the more Hashem's presence is in the world. Hashem removes himself from the world when we're, we don't do the mitzvahs. This is something that the Greeks couldn't appreciate, couldn't accept, that there's going to be something other than the static nature of the world. They believed in st- static, that everything is fixed, nothing moves, nothing changes really. But things do change very really, depending on the spiritual actions of the human being and Klai Yisrael. So when Yisrael is Misrachel, we lose our advantage over Yavan. When we don't do the Malacha, we don't do the Avoda in this proper way, 
So then, Yavon becomes predominant. How can we become victorious? A very important posik in last week's parsha. Vayivoser Yaakov Livado. Yaakov can be victorious when he's alone. Alone because this evokes, as Chazal tell us, the message of Vinisgov Hashem Livado, because Hashem Livado. Hashem is one in the world, and Yaakov is one in the world, because what we need to do is to take all of the multiplicity of all of the things that are, exist in God's creation and show that they all come from one source. This is the niska of Hashem levado, when Hashem is alone, alone in creation, meaning that, of course, there are billions of things in creation. But there's all one. Hashem Echad. And Yaakov can bring that out when we have that dedication to the Echad, to looking for the internal truth, to looking to the Pneumius, then we can bring out the Hashem Levado. Yovan is pluralism, plurality of gods, plurality of cultures of nations under their control. Hanukkah, our teachers tell us, is the Yom Tov of the Torah Shebaal Peh. Hanukkah celebrates, we know that the time of the miracle of Hanukkah, they say, just a little over 2,000 years ago, was the ultimate flowering of the Torah Shebaal Peh. The Torah Shebaal Peh became the dynamic creative force that we have the machloksin, the different ways, the penetration to the essence and the core, this is something which was always, Torah was always there, but it became much more a part of the Jewish experience. It became part of everybody's life, and everybody was able to contribute to it as a result of the Nesav Hanukkah. And this is symbolized by the menorah. The menorah is the symbol of Ner Mitzvah, the Torah, or specifically the Torah Sheb Baal We know that in the Mishkan, the Beis HaMikdash, there was an Oron, which symbolized the Torah Sheb Iksav, and the menorah, which symbolized the Torah Sheb Baal Torah Sheb Baal gives us the tools to dig deeper and deeper into the will of God. The Torah Shevik Sav is the outside. It's beautiful, beautiful poetry, beautiful prose, but it hides an inner core which is knowable only through the application of Das, used by the Tzalem Elohim, to all of the details of the Torah. Outwardly, Gemara isn't so attractive. The language isn't beautiful. It's written in an Aramaic vernacular. It doesn't have all of the attractiveness of the Torah Shavik Sav. But, as we know, as was immortally said by Nosan Tzvi Finkel, there's nothing sweeter than a Daf Gemara. So what do we do, Lamaisa, 
we have to follow in the footsteps of the Hashmanoim. If they were, did the tshuva of being Moser Nefesh for the Avoda, so we in some way have to seek ways to be Moser Nefesh for Avoda Hashem, to look for opportunities to connect with Pneumius, with the inner essence of Torah, through delving deeper and deeper in the Torah, not being satisfied with the superficials of Torah, not being satisfied with just, okay, I know basic shot, okay, I can read this, I can translate this, I have a basic idea of what it says. Because all we have when we have a basic superficial idea is we have Chochmah. We have this bit of wisdom, that bit of wisdom. But if we don't see the connections, if we don't see the underlying principles, if we don't see how it really fits together in unbelievable ways, which are so beautiful and so sweet, so then we will be still be Mitrashel Ba'avoda. Of course, Mesiris Nefesh is a big word. It's a word which requires das itself to know how to apply it. And we have to consult with our rebbeim, with our teachers, with our guides and mentors in order to know exactly what type of mesiris nefesh is appropriate for us. But if we want to get anywhere, we have to be willing to give up something so that we will be able to delve more deeply into the avoda, into the Torah, and into understanding. So let's utilize the days of Hanukkah. Mitzvah, chaviva, admaod, as the Rambam says. Days of Hanukkah, right? For attempts to connect with a deeper element, a deeper facet of Torah within ourselves, within our learning. Because Baruch should grant that we be able to really celebrate eight days of Hanukkah, Bahalel, Bahodah, to give praise and to give thanks to Akadosh Baruch Hu for having given us the opportunity to learn his Torah and become closer to him.